Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Festival season is still in high gear, and film festivals are coming back. We transition into fall with the Sioux Film Festival that features the Great Lakes and the 16th annual Hell's Half Mile Film and Music Festival will also take place over Bay City. Colorful balloons will soon complement the beauty of Petoskey at Balloons over Bay Harbor. And the North American International Auto Show is returning to Detroit. You'll see new displays this month. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. For this week, I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And boy, we're at that time of the year, the big he- the uh, big weekend, of course. And before you know it, the cooler weather is going to start to move in. And summer 22 is going to be a, a good memory. And we're going to want to start to look around for some really cool events, things to do, you know, at that kind of transition time between summer and fall. So we have some really good suggestions for you on today's program. Hope you can stick around for the entire show. It's going to be well worth it. We're going to talk to a couple of film festival folks because that's a really great option um, for one of the things you might want to do at this time of the year. So let's get right to it. Head up to Sault Ste. Marie to bring in Jason Markstrom. Jason is the president of the Sioux Film Festival. Jason, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Hello, Dave. Thanks for the opportunity. You bet. Uh, love Sault Ste. Marie. Anybody who's been to Sault Ste. Marie loves Sault Ste. Marie. Have you been there all your life? Yes. And you just happened to grow up there and uh, and stick around. Uh, glad, glad you did, uh, because uh, what you're doing here with the festival is just one of those things that makes the experience of a visit uh, even that much better. So how long has the, the Sioux Film Festival been around? Since 2014. And what was the idea behind the, the foundation of the festival? Well, our original founder, Taylor Brugman, uh, he was the technical director at the Sioux Theater, and he was looking for ways to bring people downtown into the theater to see the ongoing restoration. And he approached me one day and he said, hey, what do you think about a film festival? And I said, great, let's do it. And like six months later, we did. Yeah. Well, that's great. So what theater do you um, do you show the films in? At the uh, Sioux Theater, which is located right downtown in Sioux Machine. Is that, also, uh, yeah, is that like a commercial theater the other the rest of the year? Uh, not exactly. It was originally a vaudeville theater. Oh yeah. And then in the seventies, it was turned into a cinema. They put a wall in there, and there was two screens. And then when uh, financial factors, they closed the theater. Oh, I want to say the late nineties. Mm-hmm. And then it was reopened um, roughly twenty years ago. I love to a, hear that. Uh, you know, th- those old downtown theaters in small towns, there aren't a lot of them around anymore. And and I love watching a movie of any type in those smaller theaters. Uh, it's it's just kind of adds to the experience, I think. So so your festival is coming up September 14th through the 18th, I believe. 
Yes, that's and, correct. And, and, and this, this is a different type of film festival because you, you stick to a, a certain genre. Tell us about that. For the most part, we deal with Great Lakes films and filmmakers just to showcase that there is film production going on in the area. It's not just car commercials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is something that, that most people in the business would think. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so when it comes to the you know the films made here, the the theme doesn't necessarily have to be about great the Great Lakes themselves. It, it, the more important thing for you is that the films were made here. Right. But yes, that that's a big factor in in our selection process, and also to, to show off that the, you know people from Michigan or the Great Lakes area are making films. Oh yeah! In fact, uh, I think people would be surprised to hear, kind of the 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 quiet little projects that are happening all around the state. You, they always hear about the big films that that might come in and take over a downtown street for some big shot or something. But but what's happening here year round? I think people would be surprised. So for this year, um, can you give us some examples of what people might want to look for? Well, one of our feature films uh, is called Driftless, and that was shot in Western Michigan. It's set in a um, state park. Deals with the uh, various adventures of the park rangers huh. as they deal with a government shutdown and unruly uh, customers. Wow, interesting. Uh, we, uh, we've got a documentary called America, You Kill Me that uh, premiered at the Freep Film Festival. It's about the history of um, gay rights through the um, Jeffrey Montgomery, who was a, a leading uh, presence in that fight. Hmm. And he passed away a few years ago. Wow. Um, and, and this, the, where was this made? Uh, it was it was made in Michigan, um, just from the Lansing Ann Arbor area, I believe mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do, uh, where do the, the people come from who typically make the movies that are made here? Do they all d- typically live here, or do they come in from other places and, and just happen to, to make the movie here? A lot of it is they're from here. Um, the, one of the people behind Driftless um, spends a lot of time in Chicago working on network television and came back to Michigan to make this feature. Yeah, got it. Uh, what other uh, films uh, should we look for? There's another documentary called Iron Family uh, about a, um, a woman with Down syndrome with quite the imagination who's been putting on writing and staging, producing her own plays for like six, seven years. Hmm. It's part of a summer goings on there. Uh, do you have any films that were specifically made in Sault Ste. Marie? Not this year. Uh, we do have a handful of filmmakers in, in town, but they didn't have anything for us this year. Well, I know that uh, Detroit and Grand Rapids have become real uh, markets for the, uh, the, you know, the creative industries and the filmmakers and, and all the other people who make up the crews. So I would suspect most of the films are made in these areas. Yes, um, where we're located, um, the nearest uh, film education centers, I guess you could say, uh, there's uh, in Sioux, Ontario, in Canada, there's a, a college that has a film program, and yeah. then over in Marquette, Michigan, Northern Michigan University has a digital cinema program. Fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll look for it. Um, the Sioux Film Festival is coming up September 14th through the 18th, downtown Sault Ste. Marie, always a great place to go to. So check it out. The website is SiouxFilmFestival.org. And our thanks to Jason Markstrom for being with us today. We're going to head to Bay Harbor next 
here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. One of the places that uh, everybody loves to go to at any time of the year is that that northwestern part of the Lower Peninsula. And why wouldn't you? It truly is beautiful. The natural surroundings in that region are, I mean, simply stunning. If you think about it, uh, places from, let's say, Frankfurt to the Leelanau Peninsula, Traverse City, Charlevoix, Petoskey, Harbor Springs, all those their areas, their, um, you know, Boyne City. They're just all really, really beautiful places. And a lot of those places have, I mean, really great resorts to stay in as well. Uh, one of those places, one of my favorite places, is Bay Harbor Resort. They, they've changed the name recently. It's, it's now Village Suites Bay Harbor. And they're going to have a big event coming up very soon. Let's find out all about that by bringing in Craig Stolzenfels. Now, you're the general manager of Village Suites, uh, correct? I am, yes. Yeah, before we get into the actual balloons over Bay Harbor, which we're going to go into, uh, tell us about the Village Suites, because you guys, uh, you've really put together a beautiful product there. Absolutely, Dave. Um, thank you for having me today. Um, we are the hotel um, suites that are above the village in Bay Harbor. Um, we were built by the developer, David Johnson, um, 20, 23 years ago now. And we are the village that has uh, four restaurants. Um, we have a salon, retail shops, an art gallery, um, a furniture design center, spirits tasting room, a wine bar, Pilates studio, we have above all this are the 30 beautiful suites that we offer. So those range from a thousand square foot, one bedroom condo all the way up to an 11,000 square foot penthouse wow. that has eight bedrooms and 10 baths. That's called Northern blue penthouse. And, uh, we also overlook Bay Harbor Lake. We have a Bay Harbor Lake Marina that has 160 boat slips. Um, across the lake is the Bay Harbor Yacht Club that has at least another 100 boat slips. And then we are also located uh, adjacent to um, Little Little Traverse Bay, which is part of Lake Michigan, of course. Um, it, it, is, we, it is a stunning place. Whenever I'm in the area, I do my best to, to just have a couple minutes to at least swing by the property. And, and I have friends there, so I stop by and see some friends. But I like to just kind of walk out along the shoreline and just kind of peek at it. There's just something really special about that view. Yes, absolutely. We're fortunate enough to be in one of the most beautiful places in, in the United States, in my opinion, and definitely one of the best summer destinations because our weather up here is just perfect. You know, low 80s is very desirable for many people in the United States that are suffering from over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a summer. And, and, you know, as we as we really get into fall now, um, it, you still have that really comfortable setting, the beautiful views. I know a lot of weddings like to like to be had in in your resort area. 
Um, and it's just a, just a stunning, stunning place. So I, I think it would be a perfect place to have a, a balloon rally, so to speak. And that's exactly what you're doing. You have balloons over Bay Harbor coming up. I believe it's the 16th and 17th, so just a very short time away. Uh, yes, we yes we are. Um, 16th, 17th, and 18th. Um, this is the third year um, of balloons over Bay Harbor, and we have 15 pilots coming to join us. Um, they will be launching from our um, beautiful lawn panels that are right beside the lake. Um, it is a very unique event. Um, for Bay Harbor, and definitely one that gets the most um, recognition, I guess, at least definitely on social media, but we have, you know, thousands of people that come to to witness these beautiful balloons taking off from adjacent to our, our hotel facility and right on the lake, which makes it very unique. Yeah, there's something really majestic when, when you, you see these balloons up in the air, especially in a group setting like this. So you have a kind of a small patch of property to do something uh, like a, a balloon, a multiple balloon launch. So do they take turns launching? Because you're kind of right along the shoreline, right? Uh, they do. They do. The, the, the lawn panels where they launch um, hold about three to four balloons each. So they do definitely take turns, but it also makes it even more um, fantastic just because of the fact that you're so close to the balloons when they take off. If you're staying in one of our suites, your balcony literally would be, you know, 50, 50 feet away from one of the balloons that's launching. So um, it, it makes it even more, fan, you know, um, ex- extraordinary. Yeah, I bet. And uh, something tells me that wind might play a role here. Have you uh, ever had to uh, either delay or, or cancel the outings because of too much wind? Well, you know, we will definitely have the festival regardless of the weather, but yeah, right. the balloon launches themselves are definitely weather dependent. Um, Derek Jones is the director of the actual balloon festival itself, and safety is always their first concern. Um, so, you know, we've been very fortunate the last couple of years that we've gotten three to four uh, launches out of five possible launches. So that, that is a really good number. Um, but, you know, hopefully Mother Nature will be on our side again. Yeah, let's hope so. Now, we have a, a handful of these balloon festivals around the state, and some of them do these night glows where it's dark, it's, it's at least it's starting to get dark, and then they they kind of light up the uh, the hot air balloons, and there truly is this beautiful glow, especially those most wonderful, colorful balloons that are out there. Are you going to be doing that as well? Uh, we do. Um, Friday the 16th and Saturday the 17th, there are definitely um, two night glow events already scheduled. Um, those typically go at about 8 p.m. Um, so we have, in addition to the five launches that start Friday afternoon, um, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, and Sunday morning, there are the two night glows. So mm. there are m- multiple events going on throughout the, the weekend. Yeah. Do, do people have an opportunity to, to purchase a ticket on one of these balloons, so to speak, and, and go for a ride? Or is this a completely, entirely something to watch from the ground? Um, people are able to meet and greet with the pilots, um, and then, therefore, they can ask if there are any available rides um, on one of the launches. 
there are definitely spectators that have gone up in the last couple of years. Um, we first have to get our sponsors up in the air. Um, you know, Advisacare and Fletch's Audi and the Ennett Bay Harbor, several others um, are able to send up a couple people on the flights with the pilots. But then after that, the pilots are more than happy to accommodate a ride for the spectators. There is a price involved with that. And, and again, Derek Jones is the director of the festival and with his 15 pilots. So the uh, balloons over Bay Harbor is happening September 16th through the 18th there at uh, Bay Harbor. Uh, what time do, th- does, does, do things really kind of start to kick off? Uh, typically, they, they kick off at Friday evening at 530. Um, so the first flight will go up at 530. If the weather um, cooperates, uh, we'll have food trucks in the streets, in the village themselves. Um, we'll have, um, there's a lot of activities in addition to the balloon rides, but Friday will be the 5.30 flight followed by an 8 o'clock night glow. And then Saturday is the big day. Saturday is the, the morning flight. The morning flights go up at 7.30. Mm. Uh, that's when the pilots get the best weather. Um, so they go early. Uh, throughout the day in the village, we have activities going on, live music, food trucks, um, some activities for the kids. And we kick off Saturday morning after the first flight with a color run. And that's a 3K race that benefits McLaren Northern Michigan Pediatric Patient Fund. That will go at 10 a.m. And you'll be able to find how to sign up for that on bayharbor.com. And all those funds will go straight to the McLaren Pediatric Fund. Very thoughtful to include a charity uh, as uh, as part of your outing. So balloons over Bay Harbor, September 16 through 18. For more information, go to bayharbor.com. Our thanks to Craig Stolzenfels for being with us today. We're heading to Bay City next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And I tell you, I I know a lot of people have been looking forward to getting back to festivals as we're all trying to do. Uh, And as we've been doing this last summer, I I actually was able to get to several festivals this uh, summer and a few of them were film festivals. Was able to uh, pick up a couple of those during the summer months. Now that we're heading into the fall, we have some more that We're going to want to check out, and one of them is in beautiful Bay City. We're going to find out about that now. The 16th annual Hell's Half Mile Film and Music Festival. And to tell us all about this, let's bring in Alan Lefebvre. He is the festival director for a very interestingly named Film and Music (laughs) Festival. You have to tell us about that first, Alan. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. This is uh, this is great to be here with you. Um, so, you know, when we were considering doing the festival back in like 2005, uh, our first year was, was 2006. Um, thinking about the name, you know, a lot of festivals are named after the cities that they're in: Telluride, Traverse City, New York, um, Phoenix. They they all have their own. Uh, there are city names in the festivals, and we thought about that. You know, Bay City Film and Music Festival just didn't 
have the sexiness or cachet that we we wanted for it. Um, you know, plus for filmmakers, there's there's Bay Cities uh, across the country. There's we're not the only one, oh, right? True. So at that time, I was learning a little bit about uh, Bay City's history. You know, in the mid to late 1800s, Bay City was a huge logging town, lots of lumber mills, and uh, in the season, in the spring, when the the lumbermen would come back from the uh, the forest, they get paid. They come by train, get paid, and there was a half mile strip of waterfront in downtown Bay City that the locals called Hell's Half Mile, because that's where the lumbermen would go down to the gambling houses and brothels and saloons and. Uh, you know, take in some local color and uh, have a good time and get a little rowdy and wild. And and to me, that sort of irreverent spirit of the day was was kind of uh, attractive in, in doing independent film um, and indie music. Uh, felt a little irreverent for Bay City being sort of a quiet little smaller city in Bay City. So, you know, we thought, what, what the heck? Um, <laughs> Let's call it Hell's Half Mile Film and Music Festival. And we've had such a great reaction from filmmakers because they they look at the name and say, what's going on with this? We need to find out uh, what, what's the history of this festival. And, uh, yeah, it's been it's worked out really well. It's, it's uh, kept us noticed amongst all the other thousands of festivals out there. Well, it's a great idea, and, and you guys thought like filmmakers, really. So it, it seems to make... Uh all the sense in the world. And it's really turned out to be a really cool part of Bay City. Bay City is a really neat town, you know, in that uh, Saginaw Bay region that offers a lot any time of the year. So your festival is coming up, uh, and it's called the Hell's Half Mile Film and Music Festival. It's coming up September 22nd through the 25th, so not too far away. What uh, what do we have to look forward to? So... Um we really like to network. Uh, I guess you can put quote fingers around network. I guess it's, so to some people that means party. Um, so we have uh, we have a lot of opportunities for filmmakers and guests to really mix and mingle. Um, from the receptions that we do, we'll do an opening night reception, followed by the opening night film, plus uh, uh, after party after that with a with a band. So that's uh, that's kind of fun. And then uh, throughout the weekend, we have uh, we have films all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, with music events happening. Uh, like I said, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. We also offer workshops and panels on various subjects for filmmakers mm-hmm. and for attendees alike to to uh, get an opportunity to hear filmmakers talk about different subjects, whether it's documentary filmmaking or filmmaking in the Midwest or uh, cinematography, lots of different subjects, and it's uh, it's a really great way for um, our audience to participate and and learn a lot about the art of filmmaking. That that uh, kind of educational component or networking component's a big deal for film festivals, isn't it? I, I went to the Thunder Bay Film Festival up in Alpena, and uh, that really surprised me to see the interest in everybody getting together, really talking about. Uh, the films, talking to the directors or occasionally some of the actors uh, about what went into the making of the film. So in this case, you you do that as well. That's a pretty popular part of the festival? Yeah, you know, for, in one way, it's a great way to engage our filmmakers while they're present. And we do get a lot of filmmakers coming to our festival, uh, both regionally and from around the country and sometimes from around the world. 
we've had uh, filmmakers flying from as far away as Norway uh, mm-hmm. in the UK. So that's that's kind of interesting. But the other part of it is, I think that everyone, a lot of people still have this sort of um, idea that there's there's some mystery or magic that happens with with filmmaking in the rooms, but it's it's so interesting and people just want to know more about it and i think everybody has a has a story in the back of their mind that they'd like to see up on screen at some point so i don't know there's i think some people just sort of like take that step forward to ask the questions to maybe inquire so that they can see well maybe the story that i have in mind might someday be something i can i can put on film as well i have three hallmark channel christmas movies ready to go in my head <laughs> so i know what you mean so, so so this is this is not something you have to be like a uh, you have to consider yourself you know as like a film expert or somebody who's taken film classes or whatever just just having an interest and you'll feel you'll uh, feel welcomed there absolutely you know we we're not um a snobbish film festival we really kind of pride ourselves on being um, a, a little bit for a lot of people. Uh, we, we're not a huge festival. We're we're not running a week long. We have three venues that we three film venues that we use, and we show we've got about approximately thirty two to thirty four slots. Um, so we're not really deep in the amount of films that we show, but we try to show something anything from like commercial to experimental. So there's a range, and and usually we try to show something on opening night that's um, a more general audience, something that um, a lot more people will like. Kind of give them that spoonful of sugar, uh, you know, method of of getting into the independent film world. And hopefully they like it, and they come back for more. And uh, that's not to say that we don't challenge our audience with different types of films as well. These are really uh, amazing films and amazing storytellers, telling us making these films and um i think it's just um fantastic that folks can come in and see something that maybe they'll see on netflix or on prime a year later or maybe it'll never get a chance to be seen by wide audiences Mm -hmm. and they saw something really special and perhaps even got to fill uh meet the filmmaker or an actor that was in it yeah it's pretty cool now where are the venues Uh, which specific places are you showing the films Sure. Um, so the State Theater, the Historic State Theater, is our, our uh, prime theater. That's a 550-seat theater in downtown Bay City. Um, the second theater we use is the Delta College Planetarium, which is kind of an interesting thing. They're the most comfortable seats in the world hmm. uh, and really great sound in there as well. Um, the third cinema is always something we build out. And last year we moved to a place called the So Good Gallery, and we'll be back there again this year. Uh, with our cinema. So the interesting thing is we just moved our festival office to the space right next door to the Silver Gallery, so we're kind of using that as our home base. Well, cool. Now, what are the uh, films that uh, people might know about, independent films that they might know about that you're going to be playing? Hmm. Well, you never know what people are uh, diving into, so probably what I'm going to talk about is uh, our films that... Um, uh, will be new to people, and I think there's some really great stuff on the documentary end, and uh, there's a couple of documentaries that people might know about if they were at the Freak Fest, and that's the film Bad Axe, uh, which is a documentary made in Bad Axe about uh, an immigrant family that uh, their story goes through the uh, 
through COVID and Black Lives Matter, and it's really interesting and important story to see. Um, and I believe some of the uh, folks involved with that will be present at the festival. Uh, oh, cool! Another one, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really great film and incredibly shot and and just very timely and um, uh, current. Another one would be Pablo Boats, uh, hmm. Detroit. I think it's a, it's I think a, a fairy tale, F E R R Y, because of course it's about the boats of huh. Pablo Island. So that's a really interesting one. And you know the cool thing is, I I grew up in Bay City and I have heard of Pablo Island as a kid. Never yeah. got a chance to go. And even just seeing a documentary about the boats was so interesting. Um, and to hear uh, to hear what's happening with them now is, is kind of cool, too. I've, I've heard of that uh, film. Really happy you're showing that, among a whole bunch of others. It's happening September 22nd through the 25th, Hell's Half Mile Film and Music Festival. Our thanks to Alan LaFay for being with us. The website is hellshalfmile.com. We're going to talk to the folks from the North American International Auto Show next, right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I've been waiting to have this conversation for a long time. It seems like for years, because it has been for years since we've been able to really talk about the North American International Auto Show. We all know about the scheduling issues because of the pandemic. No need to go into that anymore, because we're moving forward, and the great news is is that the North American International Auto Show is coming up in just a few weeks. I believe it starts September 17th, but let's get confirmation about that from Thad Zott. He is president of the Detroit Auto Dealers Association, uh, the uh, the folks who run this, this fantastic world-class event. So, Thad, thanks for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure, and thanks for having us. We're uh, absolutely very, very excited about uh, the show coming up here in just a couple weeks, and can't wait to talk more to you about it today. Well, I'm sure you're you're ready to get this thing going because all the the on and off and up and down, and you know the incredible investments it takes to put a show like this together, and all the challenges in the past. So here we are. We're moving forward. You've made a lot of changes, including the change of date. So um, we're just a couple weeks away. Uh, what, what went into the thought about uh, having the event in September? Yeah, I mean, that was a big uh, part of our discussion over the last three years. It's really been three years in the making since we've had a show downtown mm. where it belongs. And uh, we've kicked a lot, of, a lot of different months around, certainly, you know, with the world coming to our stage here in Detroit and Michigan over the last 30 years plus uh, in the month of January, certainly obviously some negative uh, impacts when it comes to weather-related items. You know, a lot of people can, can remember, you know, tracking through three inches of slush and snow and high heels and, hmm. and black ties and running around with their kids far away from parking, trying to get into, you know, what was then Cobo Hall. So, a lot of different months were kicked around to answer your question, and 
September really resonated well with um, all the people and parties interested in the show. You know, the, o, the OEMs, the manufacturers are really excited about the month of September. They really pushed hard for this month with us. Uh, they love it because it's really kicking off a new model year, right? I mean, right now us dealers are in the midst of selling down our previous model years at this time period every year and ramping up for the new models that are that are coming out. So September is just a great month to kick off the new model years, the new auto shows across the world. And, you know, September brings such a wonderful weather to our region, uh, you know, low 70s potentially high 60s um and 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 no sleep rain and snow yeah so we're we're really excited about the month uh, yeah i'm excited about it too i'm i'm a traditionalist and when i heard you were thinking about it at first i thought "Mm." but then over time i thought you know what all the points that you brought up i agree with so i'm looking forward to it and i tell you what i'm really looking forward to beyond the the scheduling is that there have been so many changes in technology, in challenges and opportunities. You know, you have you in the auto industry, you're dealing with all these supply chain issues, but you're also looking at this drastic, vast change of of powering vehicles into EV technology. And so here we go. This show as it launches on September 17th, you're going to have to take all that into consideration. So what are we going to expect to see? Well, we're super excited about it. I mean, uh, you know, at, at heart, you know, the, the dealers are the ones that really spearhead the direction of the show because we're, you know, kind of uh, where the rubber meets the road. And, and mm-hmm. there's just a major shift going on in our industry right now with EVs and hybrids and electrification and mobility in general and where it's all going. So the timing for us to really come out with our next generation version, if you will, of auto shows really is great timing because of this change that's happening uh, within the industry. So, you know, with that, you know, you, there's, there's so many different answers I, I, I want to, you know, talk to you about today. And I'm glad we have some extra time because there's just so much excitement going on with this. The, the, the show is definitely not cars on carpet anymore. Uh, the traditional walk-in, Cobo Hall, now it's called Huntington Place, and seeing cars parked on, on carpet. Certainly we're going to have exhibits with cars that you can walk around and look at um, as part of the show. But the big exciting part is, you know, look at the manufacturers want to go to market differently these days. You know, they want to engage customers. Uh, there's so much change going on with this mobility and electrification and frankly, you know, Michigan and, and Detroit, for that matter, is really the epicenter of where all this happens. And we want to make sure we represent that this is the headquarters of where it's going down. And we are the place to be when it comes to this, this next generation of mobility and where we're going. So, you know, the, the indoor-outdoor aspect of the show was huge for everybody. We want to get people behind the wheel experiencing electric vehicles on a track uh, in fact, the really exciting part is we're going to be doing that inside, too. There is actually five active uh, track engagements going on inside Huntington Place this September of this year, um, along with some engagements outside. The biggest uh, excitement being that in 2023, the Detroit Grand Prix will be running in the streets downtown. It's moving off Bell Island into the actual streets of downtown, and much of those roads have already been 
um, redone. And so we got the green light from the state and from uh, the mayor to close a lot of that portion of the downtown um, streets down so we can use those to engage the public to experience this new mobility that's coming, right? So if you've never been in a electric vehicle and experience how they operate, how they feel, how they sound, it's going to be a great time for the public to come out, actually drive vehicles out of the lower uh, portion of, of Huntington Place right onto Jefferson Avenue, jump on the Grand Prix track and test drive these vehicles <laughs> for themselves. And that's really the newest and most exciting part of what this show is all about. It's about engagement and that's really what we're excited about oh that that does sound like a lot of fun now uh, do you expect um, most of the brands are going to be coming back for the north american international auto show we are very excited about the enthusiasm I'll, I'll take a step back and just say it has been an honor to work with the state of michigan they have been so supportive from lansing on every request or anything we had questions about uh skin in the game and really kind of all hands on deck kind of a, an attitude and culture and vibe with, with the state. And then you talk about Mayor Duggan and his team down there uh, in Detroit and how excited and, and engaged they are to bring this, you know, back to Detroit where it belongs. And so working with these folks from the state and from the city has been fantastic, and everybody's just so enthusiastic. But to answer your question directly, yeah, we have a lot of excitement from the manufacturers um, you know, and we've had to adapt a lot of things because they have different ideas of how they want to go to market. So, you know, the indoor aspect, uh, indoor outdoor aspect of this, again, was very important to them so they can get people behind the wheel experiencing these vehicles. And we're going to have, uh, you know, some imports that are going to be doing a lot of um, test drives out on the tracks. Um, like I said, we're going to have some uh, different manufacturers with five different tracks inside. And... Hmm. I will tell you that, you know, you call it the big three, GM, Ford, Chrysler. Uh, Chrysler is now, you know, Stellantis, but a lot of people don't know that, recognize that name quite yet. So I'll refer to it as Chrysler, um, have been absolutely fantastic to work with. They're coming big time um, in the show, and certainly we need their support, and we're very grateful for their support. You know, Toyota has always been a big uh, supporter of ours and, and always comes to the show big time, and they have a lot of great plans as well. And then certainly, you know, there's a lot of other manufacturers that are going to be doing a lot of great things. Um, you know, the Subarus of the world and whatnot are all going to be there as well. So. well it's, it's great to hear. You know, I, I feel your excitement for the show. I feel the same way. I can't wait for the new North American International Auto Show. It starts on the 17th, goes to the 25th, Huntington Place and beyond, indoors and out. For more information, go to the website NAIAS. Com, and thanks to Thad Zott for being with us today. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.